0: Hey, this is Kieran with Coach's Corner Chats, and in this episode, I talk with Jay Gravatt about coaching, his experience at the high school level in Kentucky, and where he's going now as he moves forward with podcasts, individual trainings, and his very own book that just came out this past year. I think you'll love, nope, I know you'll love this episode. Thanks for listening. Karen, Coaches Chats podcast today. We have Jay Gravett on. Um, Jay, give us a little bit of input, a little background, who you are and what you're up to.
1: Well, I'm uh, Jay Gravatt. Um, Long time, I've been coaching, coached high school soccer pretty much from 2004 to 2019. So pretty much as soon as I got out of high school. Um, uh, recently made the switch from high school to club this year, um, coaching at Mockingbird Valley Premier here in Louisville. Uh, it's been a great experience. Got great kids, great parents. Uh, it's a, it's it's a great club. They're they're supportive of their coaches, and um, I'm really, I'm really enjoying that experience. Um, started up my own uh, individual training business this past summer. Uh, did pretty well. We're off to a good start. and Looking to expand a little bit in 2021, um, safely, hopefully. And then uh, this past summer, I published uh, my first uh, coaching book called Prime. It's about my uh, my coaching experiences over the last. 15, 16 years, and it was a lot of fun to write, and it's been a lot of fun to – it's been a lot of fun to tell people about. So, got a lot going on. Very busy. Yeah. Also – also had my second child in, in November October.
0: So oh, so, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so 2020 awesome. has a busy year.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, so, my, my first question is, what why did you – what caused you to step away from the high school game and, and move to club?
1: Uh, it was more uh, more of a family uh, – more of a family-based decision. uh, uh my last season with a coach in high school, um, I tend to, as most coaches do, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself to do well. And I really felt like we had a chance to win the region my last year. Um, that would have been a first for uh, for us at Fairdale. Um, didn't happen. So, but in that process, you put so much pressure on yourself, it wears you out and you're not the dad that you need to be. You're not the husband that you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I overscheduled probably. And um, so there were a lot of, there were a couple weeks there where I didn't see my son. Uh, from Sunday night through Wednesday afternoon, I mean, so <laughs> that's not good. So it was time for a change. Um, it was just time for a change, time for a new experience, one that I can maybe be in more control of. And um, it's been a, it's been as crazy as it sounds. It's been a little bit more of a less is more uh, type of soccer experience for me. So it's it's funny because
0: I've gone through the I used to coach basketball, and those are some long stinky nights as well. Mm-hmm. And there was a time once we had our third. My wife was like, all right something's got to change a little bit mm-hmm. um, so I think it's huge I'm finding that more and more the self-reflection part mm-hmm. um, as coaches trying to find that balance and not like burnout is is huge yeah
1: burnout burnout was always has always been my battle I go again like a lot of coaches do we, we put so much time and effort into it and uh, you know we sometimes we make the mistake of every training session and every game being life or death and um, you know, we gotta we gotta remember. Hey, this is part of a slow build. It's a it's a slow process, and we need to enjoy it more. And that's always been one of my struggles. One of these days, I will get back to coaching high school, and I'm hoping that I can that I can uh, enjoy it more than I have. Which I, I I shouldn't say that I haven't enjoyed it, but um, the process needs to be more fun. Uh, if, I need to do that for myself.
0: When when and if you go back to the high school game, what things do you think you will do differently than your previous like 15 years?
1: Uh, probably, I'd probably, I'm, I'm probably going to need to make some adjustments to my conditioning regimen. Um, not for me in particular, absolutely, but for my players as well. Uh, when I was at Fairdale, we would go five days a week in the summer and, um, and we do three hour sessions, mostly because we couldn't, we weren't in position to do two a days. Um, uh, a lot of our kids had to work. We had, a, we had, we had a lot of kids whose families relied on them a lot. So we had to give them those afternoons so, so that they can work um if i could go back and do that all over again i would probably uh do three days conditioning and then one day of just uh which we did technical work every day but then give one day of just straight technical fun activities and then you know friday be off and that would have allowed me to spend more time with with my family and that would have given the kids more time to to, to regroup and relax and everything and um uh, we put we put them through the grind a little bit there, so I think I would do that differently as a high school coach moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think that that was one of the things I learned because it's my first year this past year as a high school coach. Okay, was feeling the pressure to try to get so much done in a small period of time. Yeah, and then there was that realization when I got in, we started playing, and I was like, "There's just no way. There's just too yeah. much. Like to develop the program's going to take." It's gonna take time, so I'm already focused on like my younger, my freshmen, sophomores coming up, mm-hmm. um, and what have you. Not that I'm kind of like you, not that I'm not putting my 100 percent into my seniors and juniors, but right. I realized pretty quick like uh, we you're gonna to have to kind of just build slowly as you go through it.
1: And that's such a hard. You'll find this out, uh, coach, on the high school level. You don't want to alienate your upperclassmen, right? You want to invest in them, especially if you're in position to win now. Um, that It took a long time for me to toe that line where, you know, that the juniors and seniors would understand that I'm investing everything I can into them. But at the same time, we've got a future to look out for as well. Yeah. And you got to find a way to communicate that. You got to find a way to – every decision has to back up what you tell a senior that, you know, hey, I'm investing in you. But at the same time, I got to get the sophomore in because he's going to be playing your spot, odds are, next year. So that's a very fine line you got to walk. And it takes it takes a while to – uh, it takes a while to develop that skill, I guess.
0: What uh, What age are you gonna be doing in the club scene? Uh, right now, I've got a
1: 2008 group. So I guess that may- puts us at U13. Um, so I think that's, uh, and I'm really enjoying this group. So I guess next year we would be up to U14, I'm assuming. I, I think that, or yeah. So it's that middle school age group now. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a fun little group because usually you've got some talent in the mix and some kids that are like the the diamond in the rough that hasn't kind of found that like where it's clicked yet
1: right um i think one thing i enjoyed about this and there was a little bit of an adjustment from coaching in high school uh the kids I had um, you could still you could still have you know i don't want to say bru- when you're coaching high school you can have some brutally honest conversations yes. with a 17-year-old kid. You can Borderline, you can have man-to-man conversations. Yep. And uh, when you're coaching 2008s, um, maybe maybe not be brutally honest. There needs to be more positive reinforcement there in that conversation. But at the same time, you're in position to tell a kid, hey, what you are seeing right now from yourself is nothing compared to what you're going to see from yourself mm-hmm. the summer before you start high school. You know, I'm talking body-wise, skill-wise, and everything. So you, it's easier for you to tell a kid, hey, man, just keep working hard, keep putting in the time at home, and all of a sudden it's going to add up one day. And those legs that you don't think you have now, <laughs> you're going to have them in two years, and you're going to be able to do something with them. You're going to be a position to do something with them. So I think you're in way more position to tell uh, the middle school kids right now or even younger kids than that that you, just keep working hard. It's going to eventually come to you.
0: Yeah, and I it sometimes is difficult. I'm sure at the high school I'm noticing that because um, even with dealing with my seniors this year, that that every game got them one more game closer to the end of their mm-hmm. career. From not, you know, the majority of kids don't move on to like college as much as maybe we would hope. But right. Um, uh, so there is that it's sometimes like, yeah, but coach, I mean, I only got three more games, so how locked in can I be? But I like, can see what you're saying about the middle school kid. Like, dude, just keep dreaming, keep pushing. Um and going after it uh your individual training type uh experience what what has that been like because i've done a little bit of um, on my own as well and i'd love to hear how that's been
1: uh for me um it's been i feel like i've been really fortunate this year here during the pandemic and everything we still were able to i was still able to work with a lot of different kids i worked with kids that were five years old uh, and i worked with kids that were 15 or 16 years old so very much beginner to you know novice to you know developed player and um, so it was so it was required quite a bit of planning. It was uh, you had to, you know, different the term we have in education, differentiated planning, right? Yeah. And um so I got to uh I got to have some fun working with the little kids and just you know my goal mostly with this was make them love the game. You know, uh even the even the high schooler I got to work with this year, make them love the game and uh that way they won't get discouraged and quit and um uh, they're more and to me the more love they have for the game the more fun they can associate with soccer the more likely they are to develop as a player because they're going to be eager to get those touches on the ball they're going to you know uh, it did and really and truly I'll tell you this when I worked with a family I told them I said look if you want to just work with me one time and then take these ideas back home to the backyard and have your kid do that mm-hmm that's fantastic. I want them working in the backyard and, uh, the park wherever. And, um, so it, I feel like I was able to offer a fun experience this year. Um, you know, working, working with some of the older kids. I w- it was easier for me to relate to them a little bit more because of their, um, because I'd just got done coaching high school. So I was able to see things through their eyes a little bit easier maybe than I did the 10 year olds, but, at the end of the day it was all about let's i want them to love the game i want them to go home and get touches on the ball and a lot of them did that a lot of them a lot of them end, ended up having pretty good fall season so I, i'm calling it a success i feel good about it
0: um and what what do you call, what's the name of your uh training
1: uh step to the ball soccer training
0: and so i always love looking at names of things so what was i mean i kind of have my own thought of why but why call it step to the ball?
1: Uh, mostly because. Uh, One thing I found, you know, coaching high school, I would always tell the kids, like, even if – because a lot of times i would never – most of the schools I've worked at, you know, we didn't have a ton of talent, right, not a lot of technical ability, so we had to work on that a lot. Um, But I said, guys, at the end of the day, step to the ball. That ball's bouncing. You know, there's a goal kick played and it bounces once. It better not bounce twice. That was one of the things I told my midfielders all the time. That ball better not bounce twice. And step to it. Do something with it because that means the opponent isn't – isn't getting a hold of the ball and controlling it and doing something with it. And you can keep yourself in a lot of games by not stepping to the ball. I mean, and and there's so many, there's so many examples I can point out where a player doesn't step to the ball and they whiff a player doesn't step to the ball and their shot is not as strong. Mm -hmm. You have, so to me, it's almost like a metaphor, or I guess the metaphor for life, guys, if you step to the ball, step to that problem, you're in control of it you have a better chance of controlling it and and, and putting it where it need, where you want it to go. Whereas if you lay back and you lean back and let it come to you, you know, there's not a guarantee that it's going to, things are going to go your way. So.
0: I think that's so cool. The connection between the game and then the life type thing of if you sit back, you're going to do a whole bunch of shoulda, coulda, woulda. But even if you step up, I think the big thing too is getting kids to to like, I'm sure you dealt with even the younger ones or even the high scorers, like you said, maybe not technically strong, like here, let's do it. But I'm going to tell you in two, three weeks, this skill that we're working on now, all of a sudden, you're going to become more fluent with, or like, Oh, I know your left foot's not your strongest foot, but all of a sudden you're being more confident with the ball at your feet.
1: Right. When you step to me, when you step to the ball, uh, you have a much, you can shoot with that left foot. That's what I've told the kids as well. When you step to the ball, you, because you're not thinking about it, and you can shoot with your left foot. You can pull off a volley with your left foot. I had a, I think back to my experiences in high school, and without sounding too much like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> some of my favorite, what I, the goals that I can remember scoring were ones where I just stepped to the ball and I didn't think about it. And there was a volley one night from the 18 that went off the crossbar, bounced off the off the line, and went into the net. It was a beautiful shot. I look back on that like that happened because I stepped to it. Uh, my senior year, I stepped to the ball uh the ball was at the six, and I stepped to it and I megged the best keeper in the region with my left foot and you know so you really when to me when you're stepping to it you know your 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 superpowers as a soccer player to me become limitless you you'd be shocked at what you can pull off when you step to it, but you got to step to it
0: I, the other thing w- that was really eye opening for me this year was mentality, like mm-hmm. confidence and that ability like those kids that constantly just would, like you said, almost just run through the ball would win 50 fifties or when a ball was played to them, they always got a, the first touch on it. Or like you said, mm-hmm. on goal kicks, they were ones that would battle for that second ball. Right. Um, and it's amazing how just, just that analogy of step to it, it's only three words, but mm-hmm. has so much power, uh, to it. I think that's really, really awesome.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I just, um, that's been something, you know, cause I'm, a, I'm a, I try to relate to my players as much as I can through my own experiences. And I was never, a, I was never a tall player. I always had to rely on just when I went in, I had to go all in with body cause I didn't have the legs to reach for a ball. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'd have to step, I would have to step to it. If I had any chance of winning this 50, 50 ball I, or doing something with the ball, I had to step in, step to it and bring my whole body and get some piece of it with my shoulder, my head, my chest, uh, you know, whatever. And, um, that kept me. That kept me. Number one, that made to me. That made me an effective player. And I tell my teams, you know, guys, when we step to the ball, if we're outmatched from a technical standpoint, this can keep us in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we got to have some discipline about ourselves. Uh, we can't go running hundred miles an hour at a kid that's very disciplined, that's very skilled with the ball because he's gonna we're gonna make him look like an all-American. But it keeps us in games to be able to step to the ball and win it and do something with it. It's better than them having it at their feet and them being in a position to attack.
0: That's also one of those things where you always hear like control the controllables, and so the technical and and the ability to do some things may not be in your your wheelhouse, but you right. can control effort and focus and and like you said in your words, step to the ball.
1: My check this out. My first year coaching high school, I was twenty one, or my first year as a head coach, I was twenty one. And we went 0 and 14 into, you know, for years, I thought we went 0 and 13 and then we started my podcast and the guy that does the podcast with me, Chris like this kid's a dog when it comes to, comes to doing research, right? He finds, he's like, no, y'all were actually 0 and 14. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. right we now. can
0: that last loss, please.
1: <laughs> I, went, I went 15 years thinking we only lost 13 games that year. God, somebody tacked another one on us. But um, the next year, um we had a five game so we won five games the next year and at that school five wins in, in soccer season's a pretty good year right yeah. there's just not a deep talent pool and um great it was a great place to coach though um one of the things that i think contributed to our turnaround was we started keeping Keeping track, is, it's like okay, we're not going to score a lot of goals, so let's let's give let's have another reason to give out an award. Let's keep stats on winning 50 balls, and we would set goals every game. Hey, I want to win. If we win, I want to win 10 50 50 balls this first half. If we win another, if we win fifteen in the second half, there's a good chance we're going to win, be in position to win the game. And I think we were one of the. I think we became one of the more aggressive teams in the region that year, and that region also included the state champs. So, uh, yeah. I think keeping track of winning 50-50 balls. Now eventually you gotta teach them how to, you know, what to do with them next. That's probably the hard part. I'm gonna <laughs>
0: <laughs> We won the ball now. What? Right,
1: right. That's probably <laughs> the hard part at this point in time. Uh but um it will get there eventually. Uh but um, you know, we felt like that was another way to to reinforce that guys, we can win games. Look at these, look at we won 50-50-50 balls you know, 40, 50, 50 balls this last game against a good team, you know. So it was just one more thing to, um, to point to and say, look, we can do this.
0: So then um, all of this that you've in, gone through in, in the last 14, 15 years of coaching, um, actually the other thing is at 21, what's that dynamic like when you're – like I've some of these players that are in the high school program are absolute grown men. So I just wonder, what's it like as at 21?
1: We did not, uh, you know, so that was my second year with the program. The first year uh, when I was 20, I was an assistant coach. And that year we had a senior class full of grown men. And um, they graduated. But I was also really fortunate, too. I had a group of kids that were eager to learn. They were, um, they were respectful. Uh, you know, I believe as a coach you come in. Now it's up to you as the coach to – to keep, you know, to keep scoring what I call trust points with the kids. But every coach comes in with house money, just with the coach title alone. Yeah. It's up to you yeah. to build on that.
0: Perfect. And
1: um, so I, I like to think that I built on that a little bit. So the kids were respectful from the get-go. I think they liked my enthusiasm. I think they liked the intensity that I brought. Um, I tried to, you know, at that point in time, I wasn't, I, to this day, that's been the, the my, probably my biggest flaw as a coach is I haven't been patient enough. So they put up with my impatience as a 21 year old. uh, Those kids were wonderful. So it wasn't too, um, it it was very much coach player dynamics and everything. Um, It wasn't, um, from what I recall, I don't think there was a lot of uh, conversations where I wasn't taken seriously at all. it can be hard to take a small guy like me seriously, who's throwing a fit out on the field. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was so was coaching something that was always kind of in like this is something because at the age of twenty to just say I'm going to go and and work with the high help out with the high school team that's a pretty cool jump to make at that point.
1: I pretty much decided when I was a junior or senior that I wanted to be a, a, a history teacher and a soccer coach, um, and you know, I graduated from high school and there wasn't really anything stopping me, and when I got to I went to Western Kentucky University and I was, when I got there, I wanted to try out for a walk-on spot. And it's funny, you know, it was one of those conversations where everything happens for a reason. I want to try out for a walk-on spot and I was playing basketball one night. And uh, cause you know, that's what we did. We studied for 30 minutes and then go play basketball <laughs> for three hours. Yep, that. Like, yeah. So I was playing basketball one night up at the gym at, on campus and um, somebody came out for, I was going up for a layup and uh, somehow or another, I had gotten high enough where somebody came out from under me though. and uh, took my feet out from under me. So I landed on, on uh, my tailbone and um, I was out of commission. So, but I was trying to get in shape that spring so that I could try out for a walk on spot. And I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be in shape to pull it off. And so I was like, well, let's go ahead and try and see if there's any coaching job. So see if there's a staff in town that I can, I can get on board yeah. with. And Warren East high school was, um, uh, they didn't have anybody beating down the door to, to join their staff. They weren't winning games. It was, like I said, not too deep of a talent pool. And uh, so they were eager to have me out. And uh, the next year, so in 2000, uh, yeah, my sophomore year at Western, I was an assistant coach. And then my junior year, I was named the head coach, like right before I turned 21. Wow, That's awesome. That uh,
0: almost goes back to your whole step to it um, idea of like, look, this didn't work out. Like, you were stepping toward the idea of, like, I'm going to go try to walk on because who knows what's going to happen. It didn't work out. Doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and pout about it. Like, I'm going to now go on and let's see what my next challenge I can take on.
1: Right. Uh, and I don't, and Karen, I don't know if you're this way or not, but, um, you know, I have to have some kind of soccer in my life. Uh, me and my wife have had that conversation multiple times. And uh, when it was <laughs> the conversation came up that I was going to need to move on from high school. Uh, we, had, I told her, I said I, we got to do something. You've seen that guy that doesn't have anything with soccer in his life. Yeah. You've lived with that guy. <laughs> I don't think you want to do it again. So um, it's all—it's just all about finding balance now at this point in time.
0: So the the book that you wrote does yes. that kind of encompass the whole experience from from that twenty year old to who you are now.
1: Uh, part of it, yeah. Um, I like that's a great way of looking at it I I may need to go back and read through it again and see if you see this you know see if you see this development I don't know Uh, wow that's a great that's a great perspective Um, so I hope so because that's a pretty cool thought there's some and check this out Karen there are some there are some things I I I didn't my high school experience playing soccer was not a good one Uh, we won 10 games my freshman through junior year Um, For good reasons and bad, Uh, we, uh, my senior year, we were able to salvage it. We ended up uh, with the first winning record in school history, Um, and we had a good group of guys surrounding me. Uh, You know, we had some good younger uh, uh, underclassmen too, and um, uh, so I guess part of my mission as a coach has been—it's going to may sound like too dramatic of a term, but almost like borderline vigilante—making sure that other kids don't have the same unfortunate experiences that I did Mm -hmm. playing whether it's club soccer or high school soccer I don't no kid should feel anxiety about going to practice no kid should feel anxiety about going to play games they should be amped up ready to have some fun and so as a 20 20 or 21 year old I wanted to build culture I wanted to change culture and that's still me to this day I'm 36 now and that's still me today the first we're not gonna technical development can happen at its best when there's a good culture within the team. When and then winning's going to come with because it's going to be a byproduct of that. We're not going to skip everything else and try and go straight to winning because nobody's going to enjoy that win, especially the coach. So um, so that that's been my philosophy, experience first, development, then winning. And if you can get all three of those in one season, uh, within a one or two season span, you're doing pretty good, I feel like
0: what does what what is required to write a book time
1: which you know (laughs) time and you know i man i was working on my my second master's degree when i started this book my first child had just been born so when i got this thing published i was like when did i find time to write this how did i pull this Mm -hmm. off and now i'm kind of thinking back i was probably sitting in grad class and i'm one of those three or four hour grad classes, and I probably took some liberties there <laughs> um and uh knocked a lot of it out then. My wife tells me that I got up a lot of early mornings and worked on it, so it's like okay that sounds like that sounds
0: about right so, and and what was the was just the the opportunity to share was that kind of the impetus behind going and doing this?
1: yeah, I think so i I think I always felt like um and I think I think for the record I think every coach has a story. I would encourage every coach to you know, once you've coached about, especially if you've coached for a decade, but for even at least five years, write a book, you know, for Karen, for your first season, you know, start with some blogs and then put it into a book at some point, because we all have different experiences. We all have horror stories to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all have funny stories to share with about the kids. We all have those kids that inspire us. We all have those aha moments. And, That's, that's what this book is full of. I mean, it's, it talks, I mean, it's called prime because that's an acronym, you know, P for persistence, R for resilience, I for integrity, the M stands for management and the E stands for experience. And these are all things that go into running a successful, not just soccer program, but any program or club, right. Or organization, I guess. And, um, and so each chapter, um, you know, talks about examples from my experiences examples of resilience, examples of integrity, you know, how management plays, you know, why being a good manager, uh, you know, almost like a business manager comes into play when running your program. So, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a must read for, I I mean, I've, I felt really good about this book since, since, uh, since I finished it. And I think it's a must read for any coach. I really do. So I'm sending one your way, man.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate it. I can't wait to to look into it. And I'll also share in like the and the notes for this um mm-hmm. how people can go about getting their uh, book as well yeah uh, yeah absolutely we'll, we'll get we'll kind of share um, be great. that type of stuff so would there be so let's say let's look for 10 years would there be a, a a prime squared or prime like a second book maybe
1: uh yeah because you know i have this thing where um and we're going to talk about it on my, uh, on step to the podcast tonight where about reflecting, because this is the time of year where we all probably need to reflect. Yep. And re- so the role of reflection with coaches and everything. And one, I, I don't know if it's, it's, if it's a flaw or not, but everything I do, it's like, okay, I think I can do better the next time. Let's see if we could top this. And so with this book, um, I've actually started a, a book based on player development. Um, and, um, I'm stuck in one in the, probably the third chapter right now. And I've been stuck probably since the baby's been born. I don't know if that's, if that has anything to do with it or not. So I may sit back and let, let things, and that was, what was great about, so great about this book. Things just kept coming to me with prime. And it's like, I got to get that in the book. Right. So I think I'm just going to let things come to me with this next player development book. I don't have a title for a working title for it yet. Um, I've got the first two chapters done. but I feel like I'm stuck on the chapter about player discipline and not so much like the role of the coach in disciplining players, but how a player can discipline themselves. I'm stuck in that spot. So mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like an old man lecturing and that's why I'm stuck. So I gotta, I gotta find another angle, but um, yeah, I think you can expect at least one, maybe two more. And then we'll, wow. we'll just see what, we'll just see what opportunities I have to work on them.
0: So you mentioned your own podcast. So it sounds like you love like sharing your experiences, sharing ideas and and getting things out there.
1: I do. Uh, Now I will say this, uh, we're going to do the self-reflection episode tonight. And then in 2021, you know, I, I, the last week I talked about how, all right, I'm, I'm tired of talking about myself. Let's get some other coaches on. So, Karen, we're going to get you on eventually. Oh, nice. I appreciate yeah, it. We want you to share your story. And we're going to get all kinds of other coaches on, players probably, um, you know, anybody that's gotten to play a role with some kind of soccer in our community and maybe even beyond that. Yeah. And um, I want to hear their stories. I, I'm a big believer. Every coach has a story. So if every coach were able to write a book, man, there's no telling what kind of what kind of information would be shared and you know i I think it would be a big thing for u.s soccer honestly yeah
0: Yeah, i think uh it would be valuable because i think you know you see so much of like um and we talked about before we started like how twitter it's hard to get a feel for people off just their comments and you know you can never feel tone in it Mm -hmm. so you don't know if people are are you know whatever um but you don't know people's backgrounds um Mm -hmm. so it's really cool to kind of see where people are at like you're in Louisville and I've talked to people, you know, from New Jersey to Cleveland, to Oklahoma, it's just like crazy. Uh, And then everybody, like you said, has their own different um, story that they're working through. Uh, And sometimes we get so polarized about certain ideas that are out there. Right. You miss the miss all the other stuff around it that like, there's a lot of good stuff going on with youth players um, you know, having guys, quality coaches like you, who have been at the high school level, that for those kids at the middle school age, and say, "Look, I was there. Mm-hmm. I know what it's going to be like. Just be ready for like. There's going to be some teams that are not very technical, but they'll bruise. They're just going to run you over as much right. as much to their players. So you got to get used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think too, for you, I think it's exciting at the at the club level because you can start getting the the parents ready mm-hmm. right. for high school a little bit. Um, Do you have any any great parent stories or have you had uh, enjoyable, good times with the parents for the most part?
1: You know, I've been probably for the last decade, you know, when I was at Fairdale High School, I've said this before and I'll say it again. uh, I can't I'll never be able to thank those parents enough. The ones like we didn't have a lot of parent involvement, but what we did was was awesome. And I think awesome is also probably an understatement, understatement to describe those people. They were, they would take care of the kids that couldn't be taken care of by their own parents in terms of, you know, making sure they had cleats, making sure that they had food for games and everything. You know, me and my wife, we played, I mean, my gosh, me and my wife's second date was going to the grocery store and putting together snack bags for a tournament. <laughs> so she's a champ. <laughs> but, um, you know, the parents that we had, though, uh, at at fairdale high School were just so uh, i mean they bought in right away there was no questioning uh, they believed in me right away, and they rolled with it so I was very very fortunate to have them um, the second school I coached at not as many pleasant experiences and that 's why I was probably only there for for three years um but um you know and then when I was at again when I was twenty one and at Warren East High School down in Bowling Green um our parents now we had a couple that we had a couple that would that you'd walk away rolling your eyes, but for the most part, our parents there were, were a pretty awesome group of people as well. So um, uh, for the most part, I'd say I've been pretty fortunate So, uh, with, with our parents.
0: It seems like the, the message that you convey to the players about expectations and, like, it seems like character and just the way you hold yourself and stuff is huge, and any parent that sees that has got to be like, all right, beyond maybe this is the results on the field, um i love like what he's he's holding my kid to a high level he's speaking quality right. stuff into him so parents mm-hmm. usually love that kind of stuff
1: and i think most importantly and this is something that i picked up on coaching club this year parents love a coach and i've always known that parents love a coach that's transparent right like if you're transparent with them you are you know your communication is effective they'll support you if you say you want to go play a tournament on the moon i mean yeah. <laughs> i mean they will uh <laughs> but um you know, but also more importantly, when a parent sees that their kid is looking forward and excited to go to practice and go to games, and there's no anxiety, especially in a year like we've had with 2020 and yeah. everything that's going on, that is, that, that's meant a lot to our parents. And uh, I think it's up to us coaches to make sure our kids are, when they get to practice, they're relaxed, right? And if they're not relaxed, you can sense that they're in a bad mood about something, get them in a good mood somehow, some way. You know, and that's an opportunity for you to develop your culture. And then when you're done with practice, make sure it ends on a positive note. Don't send anybody home saying, well, we'll try again tomorrow. That's, that ain't going to work. Tell the kid, hey, you know, give them something positive. Give them something to feel good about themselves. Never let, a kid, never let a kid leave that feels like the loss was on them. If you've got a keeper that gives up a late goal or something like that, you know, before they leave that day and get on social media, Get your arm around him and say, it wasn't your fault, man. All right. We lose as a team. So when you do those things, I think you you're developing your culture, but you're also developing trust with your parents.
0: I think that one thing I've always heard too is is your biggest uh, kind of evaluation as a coach is, especially at like when they're younger, is that they come back to play the next year. So I think yeah. it's kind like you say, like, I love just being there at practice. I love just showing up. Like and parents love the fact that they can have an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, and they know their son is at, or daughter's out there doing something active and loving it. That's that's huge.
1: Every kid, check this out. Here's one thing I, I believe I'm a big believer on with my team environments and everything. I want every kid to feel like they have a chance to be playing in crunch time. Now that that's not a reality, but mm-hmm. they feel like I want every kid to feel like they're not that far off from being out on the field the last five minutes of the game. Um, you know inclusive environments are so important you know we got to invest even the kids that aren't developed every listen every every coach can just focus on the 10 or 11 kids every coach being in high school every coach can focus just focus on their starting 11 and whatever the five or six kids on the bench do they do i don't i don't see it that way because people get hurt people get red cards and everything yep. let's develop everybody and um i want kids feeling like it's an inclusive environment check this out uh, my first year as a head coach I was 21 right Zero oh, and 13 oh and 14 my bad
0: yep <laughs> got a stats stats man thank you Chris
1: zero <laughs> oh, oh, and 14 right and um we had maybe at best 20 kids all together on the roster that season the next year we jumped to 34 kids and that's after a winless season wow. so what might that tell you about the experience that those kids had oh, yeah see what I'm saying
0: That word of mouth, like guys talking, the camaraderie, like, dude, we had a blast. You need to be a part of this. Uh, Yeah,
1: kids want to feel like they're a part of something. Coaches do. So you're right. Um, So that's the big thing. If you don't have that before you – to me, if you don't have that, your technical training is only going to go so far, and you're probably not going to overachieve when it comes to winning games.
0: Right on. Right on. So Jay is a club coach. You have a podcast, a book out, some individual training. Is there any other thing that we're missing?
1: I think that's it, man.
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: I hope so. I hope so. So, and I got I got two kids and a great wife, and I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty fortunate these days. Yeah. That's, um,
0: so it's awesome that here, and hopefully everybody's healthy and everything with all the craziness that's going on. But
1: <sighs> yeah, hopefully everybody's healthy. I had a headache last night, and I was like, oh, please don't let it be. Please,
0: uh, I know. Be. Isn't that funny? It's not funny, but it's just every thing that you feel, you're like. Oh, this could this be something? It's, it's always constantly in your. It's part of your decision making process now,
1: right? People, everything you do, right, um, right.
0: So Jay, if people want to follow up or or check out the uh, the book or check out your podcast that'll be coming out, the reflections. Um, I know I've hopped on and listened to a, a couple episodes because you're you. me, which I love. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Check out um, some of the stuff you're putting out
1: uh you can find me on uh well first of all i've got a youtube channel and that's going to be step to the ball soccer training um i've got an instagram at step to the ball um i've got a TikTok that that pretty i haven't updated it in a while but at step to the ball and then tw- on twitter you can find me at step to the ball and um, um i'm on facebook as well as just as Jagravat. Um step to the ball soccer training does have a page on facebook as well
0: um so, so that's all- probably the best way. So if people can't find you, they they're not really actually trying. They didn't step to the ball to find step to the ball.
1: That is so correct. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, listen. uh, Let me. uh, If you give me a chance here to plug real quick, um, I'm looking to do some book signings uh, here in 2020 or coming up in 2021. I'm looking to uh, do some team camps in 2021. So anybody that's uh, listening or watching, uh, if you uh, if you're looking for an additional voice to come in for a couple days with your program. Uh, hit me up. I'm, I'm ready to get started on that.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jay, I really appreciate you hopping on. Hey, this is Karen with the Coaches Chats podcast, and I'm out. Peace. What a great chat thanks for checking it out if you haven't done so already follow us on twitter at coaches chat hit that subscribe button and once again if you get a chance drop a review it's super super helpful for growing the podcast have a good one peace